welcome back. And if you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Life has been a crazy ride over the last couple years, hasn't it? It almost feels like we're riding two separate rides simultaneously. One that literally everyone has been riding. This global community of people have been riding with COVID and the variant and protocols and procedures and the do's and the don'ts and the ups and the downs and all of that. And then a separate one that's our own personal life, dealing with school, work, aging, transitions, moves, and unexpected shifts in our money, relationships, and health. Combine these two rides together and we're sure to have some excess stress, anxiety, and moments of even, dare I say, WTF. Consciously, we may understand the stress of it all. And yet unconsciously, we're still seeing and experiencing sudden emotional outbursts, total mental shutdowns, anxiety, stress, and depression at an all-time high. You might even be thinking to yourself, or even screaming out loud at times, how do I make this stop? Or... How the bleep do I get off this ride? That's what I'm hoping to help with today. But before we go, I should probably tell you who I am. Hi there, I'm Dr. Kelly Ray. I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the Inner Critic Tamer. And I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things perhaps we don't like to talk about. But we know we want to, to be better for ourselves because we know that it's good for our kids and their kids to come. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I like to say, undo that crap that happened to you and continues to maybe keep you somewhat stuck or tripping you up along the way and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life that you were designed to live. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about how to manage big life changes. Many people spend a great deal of effort trying to avoid change, but it will inevitably catch up to you. If there's one thing that's inevitable in life, it's change. Sometimes those changes are small, but every once in a while they're that major one. You know, think marriage, divorce, loss of a loved one, a new job, retirement having kids, going back to school, or buying a house. These transitions often uproot our world, sometimes in ways we aren't even prepared for or don't want to deal with. For all the pain, uncertainty, or joy these major life changes bring into our lives, there's no doubt they can take a toll on our mental health as we try to navigate our way through uncharted territory. The first thing that comes to my mind, and many of you, if you've gotten married, is you think of Bridezilla, you know, when a bride is trying to make sure that everything is done right, everything's taken care of, she can come across as a Bridezilla. I mean, that's just the first thing that comes to mind. So why major life changes are so, well, major? There's a reason major life shifts can impact our mental health. And it comes down to how the brain functions. 
when you change, it actually activates the conflict sensors in the brain. And this causes brain chaos that we call cognitive dissonance. The activation of the conflict sensor becomes stressful to people. And not everyone is affected equally. A big attributor has to do with someone's way of handling things, their personality. It determines how change impacts our mental health. For those who seek newness, change is usually easier to swallow. While those who feel most comfortable with status quo will find life transitions more challenging. So let's talk about positive change impacts our brain the same way. The mental health implications during serious adjustments don't discriminate. Even change that's generally positive, such as celebrating a new marriage or a birth of a baby, registers in the brain the same way as a more difficult event. The brain feels more comfortable with old patterns and anything new presents a dilemma. When it comes to positive life changes, the brain is still challenged to do something different. Even if that change is positive, it can induce anxiety or uncertainty or a feeling of unfamiliarity. And this generally precipitates habit pathways in the brain, meaning as soon as you feel stressed, you want to go back to the old habits because you know those, you understand those, you've, you've mastered them. The brain needs time to adjust, no matter the life event we're going through. To help the process along and maintain our mental health, we can try a few of the following strategies. One is redirect uncertainty. One of the major reasons we struggle with change and why it can result in cognitive dissonance is the element of uncertainty. Uncertainty is the enemy of our biological impulses. If we're unsure whether an animal is a house cat or a bloodthirsty tiger, we're in trouble. Our brain doesn't like the odds of equations with unknown variables, so it defaults to a negative bias for safety. This is, I guess, something that comes to mind is when you have dreams at night and maybe you're falling off a cliff and somehow when you wake up in the morning, you actually feel like you were falling off of a cliff. Our brain doesn't differentiate between reality and what's not real from the time you're awake seeing things to whether you're sleeping at night, you know, unhindered by anything, the brain sees it all as real. A study showed that in people who are uncertain, 75% of people mispredict when bad things are going to happen. The uncertainty bias the brain to expect the worst. That doesn't mean that change is great and you should expect the best. But you should recognize that your brain will go into an automatic negativity bias. To help soothe the uncertainty that's causing the brain to fire its stress responses, level the playing field with neutral self-talk phrases such as, Uncertainty simply means, I don't know the future. 
It does not mean the future is bad. Another one would be elevate your level of control. Sometimes it's all too easy to become fixated on events over which we have no power. Oh boy, isn't that not true for in today's world with all of, you know, the political shenanigans that's been happening, definitely the uncertainty of COVID. I mean, we're definitely moving through that. Uh, but you know, we still had people's lives still being disrupted, not necessarily from COVID, but in some ways job loss. Now we have, you know, inflation. And so we've got a lot of uncertainties that are happening and, and it can be so easy to get fixated on those. Another example would be people who might never change their actions or their attitude. How many of you, I know you know this and I'd love to know, how many of you know somebody in your life that has been the same person the entire time you've known them? They've never changed their hair. They've never changed their clothes. They've never changed their opinion on anything. They are steadfast, solid as a rock. Yet, when life flips around, which it does, these people seem to have a really hard time, become very judgmental, very critical, because they don't want the status quo to change. But rather than focus on blaming others or moving the unmovable, resilient people set their sights on what they can control. To evaluate your level of control over a situation, you can ask yourself, what can I take responsibility for in this situation? When you look for opportunities to empower yourself and work towards change that is possible, you're less likely to feel stuck in difficult situations. Another one would be make a plan. We may not all be planners, but as we work through a major life shift, it's a good idea to become more organized. To do this, consider switching your goal intentions to actual implementation intentions. Rather than saying, I'll take it as it comes, well, we'll see how we handle this, which often increases the amount of uncertainty in front of us. The intentions more specific by adding an actual time to it. Place a time frame when you want something to get done so that you actually can measure your progress as you go. By making the intentions more specific, you can decrease the uncertainty and therefore make it easier to embrace change. If you're inviting, let's say, your partner, you know, your your romantic partner that you've been involved with and it's time now that you guys want to take this to another level and you're inviting them to come now live with you permanently, for example, plan exactly how that transition will happen and have those conversations with one another so that there's no misunderstanding, there's no uncommunicated things. Will they spend three nights a week at your place for a trial beforehand making the move? How will personal space be defined? Whose couch will go in the living area? Suddenly, what seems like a huge upheaval in our life now becomes a manageable set of actions. In times of change, it's easy for your mind to cut corners. 
You might see everything in black or white, or you assume the worst will happen. But if you take the time to examine your thought patterns and assess how rational they are, you might find some space to nudge your thinking towards resilience. If you're not sure how to slow down your mind, practicing relaxation techniques such as mindfulness or deep breathing can help you feel more in control of your brain and how you evaluate major changes. You can also generate more positive thoughts if you take the time to remind yourself about transitions and challenges you've successfully navigated in the past. Make a list of ways you've been resilient in your life and consider what traits and actions might be able to help you move through this current one. By focusing on your strengths instead of your weaknesses or those things that may have not worked in the past or what you might consider as failing rather than a lesson you learned, you will feel more empowered to meet what lies ahead. Many times, change takes considerable focus. For example, planning a wedding, negotiating a new job, or starting a business, for example. It may seem wise to push ourselves into overdrive during these times, but our brain really needs breaks throughout the day to run most efficiently. That's where errors take place when we're trying to rush things too quickly. You'd be surprised what you could what could happen with a mere 20-minute power nap. I know that sounds crazy, right? Or structured daydreaming and even doodling. In fact, there is a study that showed that those who doodled while listening to a boring phone call retained 29% more information than those who didn't. These short creative bursts for our brain can jumpstart your ability to navigate major change. When you're focused, you are essentially collecting the different pieces of the puzzle with your mind. But unfocused time is the time you give to your mind to get these puzzle pieces together. If you're going through a change with just continuous focus throughout the day, you're not giving your brain a chance to put the puzzle pieces together. This would be, let's say an example. Let's say there's been a shift in your marriage. You've recently retired. You have, your children have just recently moved out of the home. That kind of shifts the dynamics of your household with your spouse. So maybe now the focus has only become on pointing the finger at what seems to be going wrong in the relationship or maybe even the spouse, that the focus just becomes so narrow-minded, so like you're trying to stick a, a string through a needle. You're just trying to make it rather than, okay, let's just take a pause here. Let's look at the big picture. What have we been doing the last couple of years? Oh well, yeah, we've had some big changes. Yes, your mind might have been ready for retirement. Yeah, you, you might have been ready for your child to, you know, spread their wings and move out and, and celebrate all of that and be super excited about all of that. And yet, 
the reality of the excitement and all of that has now moved on and now we're settling into this new way of being and in this new way of being could be lots of triggering could be lots of you don't know what you want to do and I've seen many many people this is not uncommon for people who have been married 25 30 years to now be evaluating their relationship with their spouse and rather than working on it together quite often this can end up in divorce or you know a, a lot of bitterness and this is the time actually where we can take that pause where we should take that pause and kind of look at the whole picture and evaluate what do we want to do and not necessarily the divorce because that would just be the quick hey I can do this so I can quickly get out of pain because I'm in so much pain being so miserable or unhappy or us not even knowing one another that would be the quick answer but I can tell you taking the quick answer later down the road turns out most often not the right answer because then there's a whole set of other things that happen so this is where I would strongly encourage you to maybe get some help maybe talk to somebody as somebody like myself I work with couples as well to help kind of navigate that so that we can really make some good decisions for our life long term rather than oftentimes it can be so frustrating and so uncomfortable that it almost feels like your backs up against the wall and you have no options which then creates more you know grief and bitterness and all that and, let, and let's try not to do that we're we're all human souls here on this earth having experiences and the last thing we'd want to do is unconsciously hurt those that we've loved for so many years so you know take take the stuff to heart I, I encourage you to do that and so let's talk into dealing with grief and loss sadly Many major life changes are events we don't ask for, such as losing a loved one or suffering an injury or an illness. But both difficult and positive adjustments may feel like a loss as we let go of one way of being for a new path. For example, not just a loss of a loved one, but let's say you were at a job for 10, 15 years, you've established relationships, you've established a, a routine, you've established a set of confidence within yourself because you know the, the job inside and out. And, and it was time for you to move on. So you go and look for another job and you get offered a new job and you give your notice. And on one hand, you're super excited about going to this new job. And then there's a part of you that could be grieving the loss of the old job, meaning the loss of familiarity, the loss of, you know, thinking that you were top dog there confidently. And now, now this could be bristling up against your confidence going into this new job. You don't know the people, you don't know the work, you don't know a lot of things. So there's a lot of unknowns and that can be, that can create some of this dealing with grief or loss. Grief and loss can often be found in the heart of major life changes, especially ones that we have little or no control over. This can lead to a lot of mental health issues, but the big ones are typically depression and or anxiety. The grieving process is crucial to navigating change. 
It bears sharing that grieving takes time and that there is no set time. I've learned from my own grieving over the loss of my mom that it took various forms over the years. And eventually you learn to live with what one might consider a new normal. It's super important to talk through our grieving. Whether it's a loss of a loved one or a child moving out of the house or a sudden shift where one partner retires is now finding themselves in a new daily living space. Grief has no boundaries and it's definitely manageable if we're willing to do the work to get through it. Self-care we cannot talk about self-care enough and I know that some people will brush that off. Self-care is an old standard but a very important one. Please, 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 please do not forget the importance of self-care including maintaining a regular schedule, eating healthy, sleeping enough, and exercising. I would also encourage you to Again, maybe talk with somebody and look to see if there's been some updated information around these topics, right? I mean, in the 80s, it was all about how fat was the most evil thing that you could have. In fact, it became the latest craze to eat everything that was fat-free. Now, here we are 20 years later or so, and 30, no, it's fat's not the enemy. Now it's carbs. You know, one day it's coffee, the next day it's something else. So I'm encouraging you to maybe take some time to look into these things, just like exercise. You know, back in the day, it was all aerobics. It was doing lots and lots of high-impact cardio. And now... They're discovering that for people of a certain age bracket, that lifting weights is more beneficial to them. So you might think that you're eating healthy and sleeping enough and exercising, but maybe brush up on that. Find out if you are in fact, or if maybe some of those things need to be tweaked in your life. Often with major life changes, self-care goes right out the window. It can help to choose one thing each and every day that you do just for you and your own well-being, such as exercise, meditation, or journaling. I know I've shared before, for me, it's gratitude. It's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. Just as I open my eyes, I'll list a number of things that I'm grateful for. And at the end of my day, when I lay my head down at night, I do that again. I list the things that I'm grateful for. There's something extremely powerful in gratitude. And of course, reach out for help when you need it. Whether that's a trusted loved one who can lend an ear or a shoulder to cry on, or somebody like myself who can help support you through these major transitions in life. Change is not only inevitable, it can lead to beautiful opportunities, even when they come from the deepest wells of pain and loss. When we greet uncertainty and the unknown with self-care, self-love, and support, we have a much better chance of maintaining our mental health during major life changes and finding our way to a future that holds many new adventures. 
We experience transitions in work and relationships, changes in our physical and mental health, and new events in our local communities and our world. Sometimes we know a change will occur, while other times it comes suddenly and unexpectedly. Example, COVID. That was something that none of us, you know, probably predicted would happen. And it came and it did. Maybe it's a disappointment or maybe it's a wonderful surprise. Whatever has shifted or changed in your life. Many people spend a great deal of time and energy trying to avoid change. But it will inevitably catch up to them. If you can learn to cope with change, you'll lower your risk of anxiety and depression. Your relationships will flourish and your body will feel healthier. Above all, prioritizing your health in life's transitions means not being afraid to ask for help when you need it. Humans, we are social creatures by nature. So you weren't built to withstand every sudden event in your life without the support of others. Talk to family and friends who are experiencing similar changes or consider finding a support group in your community. Maybe even ask your doctor about how to prioritize your health during changes. And certainly don't be afraid to talk to a counselor or mental health professional or coach or somebody who can help work with you to remind you of your tenacity to help build up your resilience so that you can navigate this. You can't avoid change, but you can live in a life of resilience. You can embrace transition and see challenges as opportunities to thrive. If you found this podcast helpful, then I encourage you to follow it. And I'm also gonna encourage you to share this with others Because quite often we have no idea what others are going on in their lives behind their doors that they're not speaking about. But this information can be extremely helpful to help them. You'll also want to follow this podcast because every week I share ways to help you get through your week. Lastly, and certainly not least, if you'd like to connect with me, here's some ways that you can do that. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook, Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much love.